Okay, how do I do this again? Let's count you down. Let's count you down. Three. Listeners, what's up? Two. One. Top of the morning. What's up, listeners? Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I'm fucking Alex. I'm fucking Peter. I'm Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a fucking podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. <laughs> do, do you have Irish accent? Is just what you can't speak. <laughs> so bad. Um, top top of the morning. We'll start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film, and then we'll ask the most important question. Would this movie be feckin' better if the alien from Predator was in it? Uh, this week, we're going to be reviewing Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, no guest. Wow, you guys you guys are really uh, insulting my people there. Do you want to do one? No, I'm okay. <laughs> I, just, I just love the, the use of feck, you know? Yeah, feck is That was the closest I could get. Feck is Anyways. great. We have some news. Big news, guys. Big news. Mithrigan. Yep. Maforgan. We're yep. getting a sequel, Mithrigan 2.0. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm completely here for that. I'm excited. Same. Okay. I have not seen the movie, but my question is, is there more story to tell, you think? Absolutely. Sure, why not? Yeah. It's it's going to be released January 17th, 2025. Um, when, where do you think this story is going, Aiden? Well, I think that from the way the first one ended, Peter, do you care if I do spoilers? Go watch it. Okay, spoilers for Mithrigan. Yeah, spoilers for Mithrigan. How it ends is that it's like we think Mithrigan's dead, but then there's like the AI thing that like like the house Alexa thing that the main character has, and like I got the impression that uh, Mithrigan had like transferred some of her consciousness into that thing, and so it's like I think she's like in the web now, and I feel like that's where they're Mm -hmm. that's where they're gonna go to. She's in the cloud or whatever. Well, like, is she is she a bad guy? Like, is she a villain? Mithrigan is a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I think I think well, what you said is true for sure. That that's how they're gonna bring her back. However, I know exactly. I know exactly what this movie is going to be. Okay, are you ready, Hollywood? Mm. Okay. So from the movie, there's some cliffhangers that weren't resolved. Other than that, there was the dweeby guy who was the assistant to the head honcho of, like, the head guy, the CEO, oh, yeah. and he was a mole, and he was yep. leaking Mithrigan files to an outside oh, company. Yeah. 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 So. Another company is going to be, is for sure going to make a Mithrigan. And they're going to fuck up in the same way and make an evil Mithrigan. And the Mithrigan, having the files from the original, is probably going to be patterned, like, to, uh, what was the word? Like, um, I don't know, like, like, you know how you have to, like, set up the Mithrigan by, like, bonding with it or whatever? Yeah. Whatever the word is. Um, yeah it's gonna be like paired to katie like the same girl yeah and so it's gonna try and find her and then our mithrigan the og is gonna come back do it's terminator it's terminator 2 and the og (laughs) is gonna come back and is gonna be good and is gonna fight for the good guys and is gonna be on the good guy team that's what it is i would be down for a terminator 2 the mithrigan showdown I like there's not a doubt in my mind that that, that is what it should be and what it probably will be. Um if I if I'm right, guys. Uh anyways, we got some trailers for movies releasing this year. Um 
first Wait, up. is it time for the trailer park? Yeah, we're we in the trailer park. Yeah, we are. We're just, <laughs> just pulling into the trailer park. Uh, first up, uh, Aiden has one he wants to talk about. Yes, this wasn't exactly a trailer, but it was a teaser for Invincible Season 2. <laughs> Let's just drive on over to the teaser park. Yeah. Get out of the teaser park. The same sound effect. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a little bit lighter because we're just like, we, we're not like Easy. whipping into it, you know what I mean? Like it's because it's, sure. they're geographically close together, so we can yeah. just kind gotcha, of... Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. You can right. hear the trailer park from a distance. We're just right, outside yeah. the trailer park, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I am really excited about this. I really uh, loved season one. Um, uh, one of the common critiques of it was that the animation was really clunky in some parts, and it looks like they've uh, put a lot more into that. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. It was a solid show, and so it's it's been a while. When did it come out? Like, was that twenty? That's twenty twenty one. Okay. Oh, was it? Oh, it feels like forever. Yeah, it wasn't that long. Yeah. I guess that was. That was that does make it two years though if it's coming out soon. Yeah, May twenty twenty three. But yeah, like it looks fun, and I still really like uh, Stephen Yuan, and so Seth Rogen is back. Yeah, that's obviously why I'm watching the show for Seth Rogen. I'm kidding. That's also why I watched The Fablemans. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> we got some other trailers. We got a trailer for Scream. That's us going oh, back to the trailer park. Sorry, we have to. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. yeah. So we're back um, now. So we're good. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a trailer, full trailer for Scree Screevy. Scream. Six Scream. Six Scream. What did I say? And <laughs> yes, and. I figured out what they're satirizing this time. Mm. Okay. So Scream, Scream is the horror satire, the horror satire. Right? Yeah. And the first one's just satirizing <laughs> slasher films. You didn't want to mute for that. Yeah, you can edit it out. <laughs> Why do you can't yeah. say that? You can edit it out. No. Your sneeze on the internet forever. Um, so the first one's satirizing horror uh, slasher films. Second one's satirizing sequels. Then third movies, then reboots, and etc. So what's this fifth one about? I think that it's going back to its roots, and it's going to be satirizing. <laughs> yeah, the sixth one. Yeah, great. Um, no, I think it's satirizing the Halloween franchise. Oh, And just okay. the, the where uh, Michael Myers has been going in the past, like, three movies of the reboot era. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you've got the dirtied up mask, like like if of the um kind of like the reboot sequel like oh it's the same but like now dirty and weathered because it's time has passed you know yeah. and also like it seems in this one like Ghostface is much stronger yeah like and he is, unkillable like he has the same boogeyman quality that Michael Myers has yeah and he yeah. picks up a shotgun like that's yeah. very Michael Myers and not very Ghostface at all Ghostface does use a gun. He's used, but it's only ever like handguns, like yeah. pistols, I think. Um, and also, like it just seems. I haven't seen the um the newest Halloween. Which one is it? Halloween ends. Halloween ends or whatever. Yeah, but like, like this one and the last one, I think, is what it's going after. So like, um, kind of like looking at like like they have like the hall of ghost faces past. Or something. I don't know. Mm. I can't. I can't really describe it, having not seen those Halloween movies. But definitely, that's the vibe I'm getting. Aiden, what do you think about the trailer? Uh, I'm excited for. It. I mean, like, 
like I, like you said, I actually I think it's interesting the idea of like, oh maybe is there something supernatural going on? And I, like in the end, it well, like I don't think that'll be the case. But Definitely. like I like that like the idea that they're playing with that is um is interesting. I like the idea of of them because that that adds a new fold into it. You know what I mean? Like we're six movies deep, um so I I think I think it's interesting. I'm excited for it. Yeah, and did you notice Kirby Reed is back? Who's that? She's from the fourth movie. She was I the blonde. Okay. So I've only a... seen one in five. Oh, okay. So I've seen them all now. And I guess spoilers, but it's in the trailer. Like, whatever. Um, bas- yeah. Spoilers for Scream 4. Basically, yeah. Vanessa or Vanessa Kirby. Why do I keep saying Vanessa Kirby? Kirby Reed gets killed. But, like, even then, like, seeing it, I wasn't really convinced. And so okay. it seems she comes back. And also... On the Scream Six poster, um, there's like like there's the the unique poster that's like the subway map in the shape of the Ghostface yeah. mask, mm-hmm. yeah. and each of the points on the map is a kill. The station like marker yeah. for Kirby Reed says oh, okay. closed, oh, okay. so it's like maybe she didn't though. So yeah. I guess we'll investigate that. Anyways, Speaking of great. the Scream posters, uh, the newest one that came out looks terrible. It's an awful yeah. poster. Yeah, yeah. I like how they went for like the best poster, yeah, (laughs) New York City subway map, and then dog shit. Yeah. Um, we also got a trailer for Mando, Mando, Mando season season three. Um, definitely does not hit the same post Andor. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, like, I I like Mandalorian. I've seen a lot of like anti Mandalorian discourse on Twitter. Um, and I understand it. Like, it's nowhere near as good as Andor, and it does fall into, like, a lot of the problems, like, uh, like, Glup esque problems, mm-hmm. uh, like, that people complain about. But I still think it's, it's definitely, like, the second best Star Wars show. Well, live action one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, like, I, I genuinely like season one, season two. The only thing I'm kind of disappointed is I think season one is better because I like that it's just, like, this kind of episodic, right oh my like god just, i was gonna say when it's just him and him and the baby guy just going around and doing different things like that's the best part of the show and i didn't mm-hmm. like that season two was trying to be like tying it into like luke skywalker and shit uh and oh, so i feel like yeah. i feel like we're going even further into the like getting into the lore of mandalore the mandalore <laughs> and Whoa. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not as interested in that as just like hanks exploring the galaxy you know i think absolutely yeah. yeah, I think the hope for it to remain a serial show is kind of like, you know, it, they weren't going to do that. I, I I think that is why season one is so great. But there is like an overarching plot of season one still, you know. Yeah. Um, unless like, you just mean, do you just mean the fact that they connected it to like Luke? Like that's that's all your complaint was? Well, no, season two is like very focused on like we have to i don't remember what happens but it's very focused on like like the mandalore like what's going on politically there yeah and like it's very focused on the overall it gets more serialized than season well the the ending of season two so like basically in season one they set up the dark saber and in season two he's now the wielder of the dark saber so that's what happens that's two. but that's not what the plot was the plot was like Moff Gideon bad or something? I don't remember. Well, Anyways, I think whatever. I think plot of season two is like they figured that hey, like 
he's a foundling. He needs to find his tribe, his people. So yes. oh yeah, yeah. So they're trying to find like uh, uh, Grogu's people, basically. Well, the oh, Jedi. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. That's what it was. So, and most yeah. episodes were dedicated to a linear story, like pushing to that. It was well, still I mean, like separate planets. Like, though, like for right? example, the at the beginning when they were hunting the sand dragon with Timothy Olyphant, that was yeah. like very. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah I like oh, that one. Oh, but mo- it's, it's Timothy Olyphant, just you know. But most of the season wasn't that as compared to season one. Yeah, I think I'm absolutely with you there. Like as much as I want to see more Mandalore, because I think the Mandalorian lore is very cool. Um, like the show is at its best when it's just. Mando ended up in some random place and then he's somehow needed or gets involved and then we see how he deals with the situation. Yeah, it's yeah. like, like, like I feel like there's no need to connect this show with the wider Star Wars canon because like it's meant to feel like it's in its isolated little corner, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, and I mean, I, I think... Sorry, you go. I kind of disagree with you guys. Like, I, Luke, Luke... Putting Luke in there, weird choice. I would have picked some other one, some other person. Like another Jedi? It, like, it fits the timeline, I guess, so maybe that's, like, the only reason. Um, right. And, the like, I think I think if you go back to season one and just, what like, what they're talking about, like, I think mm-hmm. going back to Mandalore is kind of, like, inevitable. So, like, I'm, I actually don't have a problem with that. It's it's the Babu Fricks bringing those guys back <laughs> that I'm like, why? Why are we doing that? Wait, they're from the sequel trilogy, right? Yeah. And there's two yeah. of them now. I don't know why. Um, well... But yeah, I mean, like, but it is, it is definitely getting more serialized. Um, and I think that that speaks to like a general like trend of like current television, like this conception that serialized television is better than episodic television. And that is not necessarily true. And I don't like that mentality. So dude, I think all I'm going to say is just look at Watchmen one season. Damon Lindelof's like, okay, there's no more story to tell. We're just going to end it. And boom. That's one, I think, still, in my opinion, one of the best television series I've ever seen. It's pretty good. I could not tell you that it... I disagree. I don't think it's the best, but I don't think you've seen a lot of TV anyways. You've seen some. You've seen probably the same amount uh, as I have. Hey, but dude, like, Westworld? It, 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 all, all I'm saying is, if, if, you think, if you think Watchmen is the best show ever, you have not seen a lot of TV. That's, uh, that's my... I disagree. Opinion. I think Watchmen is very influential, in, in my opinion. Anyways, um, I also just think, like, the Mando, like, tone-wise, like, it's, I don't know what it is. Like, like Andor's just so much better. Like, yeah. from, like, I think maybe it was seeing, um, oh, I don't know what her name is, the, the person who repairs ships on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. When she comes back again, I'm like, oh, my God, not this again. <laughs> you know? uh, like, um, the, Be- Bex? Bix. Bix. Bix, it might be Bix. It's the girls who got tortured, right? No, that's the prison for Mandalore. No. Okay, okay, guys, we're guy, we're we're diving oh, too deep into this rabbit hole. I'm gonna have to pull. Oh, dude. Oh, I, 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 I think I know who we're talking about. Like she has a bunch of droids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I saw that and I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't need this again. Anyways, that was a trailer we saw, uh, and that's it for the news segment. So we watched a little movie this week. Came out a while ago. It's called the the Banshees of Inisherin. It's written and directed by Martin McDonough. It stars Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Carrie Condon, and Barry Keoghan. I looked it up. Uh, DP is Ben Davis, who you might know as the DP of 
some of the Marvel movies, some of the worst ones. Get ready, Aiden. Uh, Brace yeah. yourself. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a good one. Age of Ultron. Oh. Doctor Strange. I don't Strange. hate that one as much as other people do. Oh, that one sucks. Yeah. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. The okay. Eternals. So like a bunch of like the gray looking ones. Um, also Dumbo, Disney's okay. Dumbo, and that one didn't end up well. And two of Martin McDonough's other films, Seven Psychopaths and Three Billboards. Oh, um, that's cool. It has a runtime of one hour and fifty four minutes. Uh, don't know what the budget was, but it's got a box office of twenty seven point eight million dollars. Uh, it premiered at Venice Film Festival, uh, in which Farrell won. Best Actor, and McDonough won Best Screenplay. And recently at the Golden Globes, it won Best uh, Feature Film in a Movie or Musical. No, sorry. Best Best Feature Film in the Musical or Comedy uh, category. Uh, Farrell won Best Actor in the same category, Musical or Comedy. And McDonough won Best Screenplay. Uh, Before we get into the movie, we're going to do a classic game. Credit Critic, basically... There is a website on the internet called Metacritic where critics' scores of a movie, like ratings, are tabulated and averaged out of 100. If it gets 60 or above, it's green. If it's 80 or above, it's must-see. If it's in the 50s, it's yellow. And if it's in the 40s or below, it's red. We're going to guess where the Banshees of Inisherin lands. Um, and we're going to do the Wheel of Names. So who who will go first? Who, no will, one who knows. Truly who? Truly who is going to go first? That is the question that I think Plato was asking that really. Truly like, that's who? what he was talking about. It's Peter. Peter's going first. Let's go. Wait, Wait that's bad, right? That's bad. We do this uh, every week. We always forget which is worse. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I'm going first. Like, oh, Let's shit. go. <laughs> um, I think this movie is pretty solid. I'll give it a solid uh, 86. Okay. Mm. Oh, fuck. I got to click the wheel again. <laughs> you answered very quickly. What were you going to say, Aiden? I wasn't gonna say anything. I was just uh, just hanging out. Just yeah, just having a good just time. Chilling, bro. Just straight chilling. Just um, okay, it's real. me. It's me next. So awesome. you said eighty six, correct, Peter? Yes. Yeah. That's really close to what I was gonna guess. Um, I think I honestly think eighty six is like right on the money. Um, Do a little dance. Eighty four. Win. I'm guessing 84. Okay, yep. I'm really not confident in my abilities, so I'm going 85. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm actually not confident. No. This, this is going to be brutal. Okay, here we go. Typing. Someone do some music. Oh, motherfucker. Uh, elevator wins. music. Dun, 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 dun. Peter wins. Oh, got what, what's the score? 87. 87. Oh, oh should have gone up. Okay, um... And I want to do this differently than we usually do. Sure. So now that we have a winner, we're going to go to our non-spoiler reactions. And we're going to go in the order from winner to loser. So Peter, okay. Aiden, me. That's the, that's okay. The cool. All right. Um, so I really like this movie. Um, I think I recently watched a, a video about how mid-budget films don't get made anymore. And oftentimes mid-budget films were like the ones that win awards. Uh uh, change influence people's opinion on cinemas I think this is like a good example I don't really know the budget since I think we don't have that information I think it's it. like mid to low budget because uh, it's very much like it's shot like an indie film I feel like um, 
but like it's gonna be mid just based on the talent it's gonna be mid-budget for sure yeah that's not then, it, then it's mid-budget great that proves my point because i think it's like one of these movies where comedy films oftentimes they they're just for a laugh you know they're not very deep but like this movie is like a great combination of dark humor but also some themes where you can ponder about uh like a great combination of that so you're not just having a laugh at the theater but you're also thinking about something a little deeper which i really appreciate the acting is superb i think uh basically everyone in the cast did a fantastic job i believe these characters i'm immersed in the world and uh yeah it's a very funny movie but oftentimes it's like you're laughing in one minute and then the minute after you're either deeply disturbed or very very sad um so uh and like honestly to me martin mcdowell is my damon chazelle because like he has not missed for me i really liked uh in bruges uh three billboards it was great and uh this is like another great movie from him in my opinion so four out of five for me and uh i would recommend this to everybody cool yeah uh, i'm actually also on the four out of five train um yeah i i really really enjoyed this movie i saw a lot of people like loving this like this was their favorite of the year including friend of the show ryan uh, but I I didn't feel quite that strongly about it. There are a lot of things I like, though. Like you said, Peter, performances are phenomenal. I think every performance in this movie is incredibly strong. I thought they were great. Um, I do think there's some great writing. I think the dialogue is very well written. Um, I think that uh, I love the cinematography, too, actually, Absolutely. a lot as well. Yeah. Like, I think that there's... This is a good example of like I think I've talked about this before, where like sometimes you're you're doing too much with cinematography. Like I think a lot of people get this impression that like if it's not the the or bathed in orange light, uh, like w- one or five minute one or like whatever, like some bullshit like that, sure. like then it's not good. But it's like no, this is very good cinematography that is compositionally very strong. Um, it like it's cinematography that is based on the notion that the environment, the landscape is naturally beautiful and all we have to do is capture that. And I think that's Absolutely. great. Yes. And I, and I think it, I think that works really well. So yeah, I'd recommend this to everyone as well. I think you could probably get a kick out of this no matter what. It wasn't my favorite movie of the year, but I really enjoyed this uh, four to five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm the black sheep for this uh, movie. Um, when I watched it originally, I gave a very harsh review. Uh, I do think my opinion has mellowed out on a second viewing. I will just say for context, my first viewing, I think I gave it three stars and I dropped it to two and a half. Um, and I like I had very strong opinions, like negative opinions. But like I said, a second viewing, I was like, I could see more that I liked in it um, while still not being fully on board. So I understand giving it a four. Um, I think just based on my enjoyment, I don't know that I, I can give it that myself. Like, I think a three and a half is where I stand now. Um, and basically, um, I think, I think the dialogue is usually very good. Like there's a lot of witty, like I wrote down like a bunch of lines that I really liked. So there was a lot that I wrote down. Um, so I think the writing is very well done. Um, I, yeah, the acting is fantastic. Uh, the four leads are just crazy good. Um, and then 
my big issue is that just kind of like how Colm's view of Podrick, I, I just find this movie dull personally. And that's just, I think that's just a matter of personal taste. I just, it does not keep my attention very well. And the mark of a movie that I'm not enjoying is me being very tired and struggling to get to the end. And I definitely felt that. And I was like, I was actually very excited to return to this to try and get a second opinion for myself and hearing people love it so much. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I saw it wrong and I need to try again. And again, like I just, it just does not work for me. And you know what, if people love it, great. But I think honestly, like I I think Banshee's is maybe a bit too overrated for its own good. So that's, those are my thoughts. Um, not shared among the other podcasters here, but um, no, I respect us... it. And I love how you like laughing though, <laughs> like you're like dude, 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 no, no, I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. Yeah, dude, dude, that dude, that was actually that was dude, that was so funny. I respect that though. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex uh, started his reveal by saying, oh, "But it has always been dull." <laughs> I just love that. It's a great quote, Paul. To explain my sentiment. Do you want me to yeah. read my old review? No, please don't. That would take like five minutes. <laughs> no, but it's fun. Let me find it. You have it in front of you. Do you want to read it? Oh, hey. Um, I don't share your sentiment, so I won't have the emotion aspect. You know what I mean? Okay, whatever. I'll read it. Okay. You're actually quote. reading it. You're yeah, mad. Why not? Why not? <laughs> so this is, my, this is my review back in November. It starts with the quote that Peter said, but he's always been dull from the movie. And anyways, I go I go on to say, I've never seen a Martin McDonough film that I've loved and that hasn't changed today. I honestly don't understand the appeal of his quote unquote comedy here more than ever. I sincerely wish that I did. Everyone else seems to love this movie. which <laughs> leaves me feeling quite a bit like Podrick. There was a long stretch at the beginning where I didn't crack a smile. The closest thing to a laugh were a few nose exhalations that were 60% artificial. I would gladly... <laughs> I'll gladly admit that sprinkled throughout Act 2, there were a handful of jokes that I actually found humorous. One or two got actual laughs out of me. Stuff uh, I won't explain what those were. Um, we'll talk about it later. There's not nothing here. It's just dull. Several times I found myself checking my watch. Um, aside, doesn't matter. I, w- I wasn't able to connect to it dramatically or emotionally either. I heard people sobbing behind me, but even the most emotional... <laughs> <laughs> chill but even the most emotional moments didn't stir anything in me and to top it all off the moral of the story is be nice okay maybe i'm just all and then i had to yes. edit but we won't get into that um that's, that's a great reveal i can't believe i didn't like it here you go it's like you I, it's a popular review of mine because anyone who hates the movie has to like scroll for the hate yeah. ones yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I come up on there um anyways i kind of still agree with what i wrote maybe not the star rating but like most of that is the same for me anyways we have a dude hey like i I said comedy is subjective so it's totally fair i guess but also like drama is subjective (laughs) because i didn't like the drama either so anyways i have to do a synopsis so um if you haven't seen the movie i will explain it in under two minutes I got the spoiler warning on time this time. Thank you. I have a phone. I am able to do it myself, even if you guys aren't. But um, I think this will be easy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. 
go. So basically, Podrick and Colm were friends, but when the movie starts, Colm has decided not to be friends anymore, and Podrick is sad, the end. Um, <laughs> other <laughs> stuff happens in between. Um, Colm says that he wants to dedicate his life to making music. Podrick is just very confused for a long time. He's got a friend, Barry Keoghan, who's Dominic, and a sister, Siobhan, and everyone's just kind of like, wait, why are you guys not friends anymore? Like, everyone is confused. And basically, at some point, Colm says, if you keep, like, bothering me and not leaving me alone, because he's just so persistent, I'm going to start cutting off my fingers. And then Podrick keeps bothering him, and he and <laughs> Colm starts cutting off his fingers. First, it's one finger, and he throws it at the door, and he's like, okay, well, that's really fucked up. And then they're still kind of, like, going to the bar and stuff, and Podrick is trying his best to, like, cope, I guess one minute and um then he keeps bothering him at one point he gets drunk and he like rants at him and but Colm actually kind of likes it when he's mad and drunk because it's when he's interesting um eventually Colm cuts off the rest of his fingers on his left fiddle hand and throws them all at the door um the sister leaves for a job on the mainland at, at a library um and the donkey the miniature donkey What's her name? Jenny chokes on one of the fingers and dies. Makes Podrick very mad, and he's decided to swear revenge on Calm. And he tells him he's going to burn his house down, except for the dog. And he burns the house down, even though Calm is inside. And somehow Calm lives and is on the beach the next day. And the dog runs out to him, and they talk. And then they say, "Okay, bye," and that's it. Also, it's the Irish Civil War. And done. Easy. Dude, you forgot. You oh. forgot about uh, Dominic's dad, abusive father. And also, Dominic killed oh, sure. himself. Okay, oh, good to know. I actually lost my AirPod connection. That's not good. Bad. And there's also Great. this witch character. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I got the yeah, main sure. points. So, yeah, anyways, you got the main yes, points. There's an abusive dad and... Dominic dies and scary witch lady and she basically like predicts death. Yeah. Anything else? Sorry, oh, and go. Dominic tried to Oh, he tried to confess oh. his feelings. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best I could do. To sh- to <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. And she's like, yep. nope. Yep. She's like, nope. But she's like, no. Nope. Like, yeah. We're like, yeah. 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 All right, so let's get into our spoiler discussion. Um, let's start off with, fuck you, Peter. Let's start off with our favorite parts. Who is yep. a favorite part? Uh, why don't you go, Peter? Because you were the <coughs> you were the most excited about this movie. What was your favorite part? Um, wow, there's so many. Like, there are like peak comedic moments. <clears throat> okay, before I get into our favorite part, I just want to give a huge shout out to the bar owner. Oh, he's, he's funny. so funny. Holy shit. Like he's not like the main cast or anything, but um, yeah. um, I think I will have to talk about guys. I'm gonna start us off a little heavier today. Mm. I'm gonna talk about uh, Dominic professing his feelings to Siobhan. That's what's gonna be my pick. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I just thought it's like a very well acted scene. Like, um, so basically just to provide a little bit of context, so Dominic is like, um, 
not like the brightest you know he's like considered like really strange by the villagers and he's, um, the, he's the town dimwit yeah basically. yeah here you go yeah the village idiot um, i say yeah but I like mine better town well, dimwit but mine's the actual yeah. term that's the thing <laughs> okay <laughs> aiden's got the cultural reference uh so so like he but like one one thing that we see throughout the movie is that despite like being like um like little little stupid in, in intellectually he's like very very authentic you know when he comes when it comes to his emotion his feelings and his opinions which is one thing that like really makes you bond and, and like the character and then in this moment he is um sort of just approaching Siobhan while she's sort of having a tough situation in her life in that uh her brother is fighting with uh Colum and then also, like, she's not getting treated seriously because, like, none of the villagers really, like, talk or, like, um, like she doesn't really interact with a lot of villagers. She's, like, lonely, I think. Um, and then also it's just, like, the fact that she's very knowledgeable for the village and then she's also trapped in this little island instead of looking for a career elsewhere. So this is, like, the context. So uh, Dominic approached her and then saying, like, so you wouldn't be uh, interested in a guy like me, right? Like, he's, like, very, very doubtful and, like, not confident at all. But that's what makes it so great because it's authentic and true to his character. But Barry Keoghan is such a great actor that not only it's, like, comedic in the moment, but also it's you feel great sadness for him that uh, he is, like, has the courage to confess his love for her. But, like, in the end, like, we all know, like, both us and I think him and Siobhan at the moment, both, we all know that it's not going to work out. And, like, the fact that, you know, like, um, we see, like, him walking away awkwardly, toying with the cap, and then Siobhan, like, you know, feeling bad about rejecting him, but, like, in reality, like, she wouldn't be someone that's right for him. Like, all that just per perfectly captured by that little scene over there. So I just thought it was very beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree that it's really beautiful. I like that. Again, I, I think you're right. I think every character like feels very alone. I think the movie plays with the idea of like, you know, like some people just aren't right for each other. And sometimes like even mm. when you're with other people, you can still feel alone if you don't feel fulfilled in certain ways. Absolutely. And yes. I and I think that like, like Jenny like has people around her. Um, Jen, Jen, that's not her name. That's the, the donkey. donkey? <laughs> Shavad like, uh, has people around her uh, but yeah I think that like like she she wants connections she doesn't want to be alone but like she couldn't be fulfilled by Barry Hogan's character and I think that like she kind of realizes in this moment as well that like no one in this small island village like really mm. could fulfill her at all um, and I think that that's why, like, one of my other, like, really favorite moments, and I just bring this up because it ties in, is when she's just in her bed crying. Well, not only because, like, it's a beautifully acted moment, but just, like, like the the grief of, of being that isolated, even when you're with other people. Um, and I think that speaks to the biggest strengths of this movie, which is that it's talking about, like, pretty simple and pretty... Uh, like universal things but in such a well-explored and uh, nuanced way that I absolutely I think, and yeah. just like add on to that little scene you mentioned um, I really love how like after the the bar sort of like drunken confession scene uh, the next morning uh, Podrick was like hey like I was really awful last night but then Siobhan's like no you weren't not to me because like 
I feel like she lacks someone to acknowledge like her, like l- her beauty in the in 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 their life. And like Podrick, like um, I think during the confession, he was like, "And my sister, she's nice." Like just like the fact, just a simple acknowledgement really fulfilled her. Like I feel like yeah. it fills her with genuine happiness that uh, other people see her in that light. You know? Yeah. I almost think like the rejection of Dominic is kind of like that deciding moment of like, I'm going to leave. Yeah. She's rejecting the dull dim-witted character who kind of represents the whole aisle of Inna Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of speaks to like her wider decision of like needing to move on to like this place for her is like, it's kind of like a prison or like, like it's um, it's holding her back, I guess, and that's kind of like like your choice is either stay here, get married to someone like Dominic, even if it's not him per se, mm. like because she still lives with her brother, yeah, and like they live. I don't. I still think that's weird because they're like forty or fifty or something. Like not fifty, probably in their forties, but you know, like very old to be living together. I think and in that time and in that setting, it's not as weird. I, I figured, like, there, it must be normal because no one talks about it. Yeah. Um, I also like how that scene starts with, uh, like, the old woman kind of, like, beckoning her into the lake, like, mm-hmm. come kill yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it's interesting. I don't know yeah. what you guys think about that. I think it's kind of like, kind of what you're talking about, where it's like, she's, like, going to die, like, if she stays any longer. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like no, like I think No, I think like, I like the way you said it. it feels like very dire to her. Like this is like because I, I really like how this movie is exploring this idea of um your your responsibility and your relationships to others versus your own personal ambitions and your own personal goals and how those things conflict and, and interact. And I think I think yeah, it like it really feels like she she cannot live a balanced life she's living completely for everyone else on this island because nothing there is bringing her personal fulfillment and so it's like this community like this community is like death to her like it's like staying here is like a the death of her own personal um like passions which is like a, a overall death you know i i 100 agree but i think it's also very tough for her because like if we look at it throughout the movie um when Jenny the donkey goes inside, he he was she was complaining about how like Jenny basically <laughs> was shitting all across <laughs> the the house, mm-hmm. and like she's the one making dinner, making food for uh, Podrick. Like basically, she felt like she has a res- responsibility to take care of Podrick, mm-hmm. especially in such a vulnerable state that he's in. But then also, it's like literally Podrick is a guy who goes in town, drinks from, like, I don't know, 6 to, like, 9, and then comes back, eats some food, go to bed, and the next day repeats, right? Like, it's, like, for... Like, he's basically... She's basically taking care of someone who's taking a pause in his life. He's not advancing forward in any means, Podrick. But, like, like you said, Aiden, she's sacrificing her own ambition to take care of someone that she felt responsible for, you know? And I felt like that's, like, her central conflict. It's, like, should I stay for him or should I pursue my own passion? Which in the end, she decided to pursue her own passion. Yeah. I think there's a pretty clear parallel between Siobhan and Calm 
Like, yeah. and it starts when he he says something to her that sets her on this path throughout the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's early on when, like, I don't know, Act One or something. Oh, it's it, oh, I remember because I paused it and I watched it again, and it was right at the end of Act One. He says something like, "Like, don't you, don't you? I don't know what it is, but like, as she's leaving, the, she she goes to the bar to defend Podrick, and he mm-hmm. says like something like, "Don't you think there's more to life or something?" And she's like really shook about that, mm-hmm. and she like looks back as she exits to the pub, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, like I find like those are both characters who are, like one of you said, is, like are looking after Podrick, like that's all they're doing in life is, you know, Siobhan is actually like actually looking after him and like doing laundry and cooking and whatever, and um, Calm is like just putting up with his chatter like the rest of the time like they've, they've split shifts on Podrick duty and they're both realizing like isn't there more to life than dealing with Podrick yeah and they want to yeah they want to put themselves into other things so he uh, Colm wants to go into the artistic realm and um Siobhan wants to like apply herself in like academics and stuff yeah and I think it's also like in that contrast with like so they are people who, you know, their own personal ambitions uh, versus their relationships aren't necessarily aligned. But for Podrick, like, those things are one and the same. Like, his his main goal in life is to just, like, be part of this community, and it's, it's crumbling apart for him. And I think, so I think that's a, a very interesting layer um, in that theme. I, I really like how, like, and how he has to kind of learn to divorce that like he has to reevaluate himself a little bit and he has to like he doesn't really understand what he wants outside of what other people want for him or what his community responsibilities are um and yeah i I really like that as well he lives a very like simple existence Mm -hmm. just kind of living day by day and other people are realizing maybe there's more to life than day by day maybe we can have a greater purpose, I guess. Well, I feel like um, like that entire island is sort of in the same boat, you know? Like, they have a very, I guess, um, routine and, like, scheduled way of living where, like, okay, uh, it's Sunday, we're going to go to church, do the confession, and then go back, keep drinking. Next day, keep drinking. Oh, it's Sunday again, time to go to church. Like, there's, like, no, not a lot of progression for these pe- folks on the island. And I felt like it's really interesting how um, I remember this conversation between Colum and Podrick towards the end of the movie, I think, uh, where they comment that the Irish Civil War was literally happening like a couple miles away off the shore. Like I think literally across the, the bay or the sea or something where history is being made and like like shit's going down on history books. It, like that type of shit's happening. And while they're just there like casually living, drinking, and then, you know, like it's very different if you if you compare these two one is like um like you're sort of progressing history literally and then the other one is you're sort of just uh standing around and walking in circles with your life yeah no i i, I completely agree with that yeah. um does anyone else have a favorite part of the movie Aiden? Uh, i'm looking over my notes right now uh, and i'm trying to figure out i guess i can talk about 
If you don't have a favorite part, I have a favorite part. Sure, why don't you go and then I'll think about it more. Explicitly, like, okay, yeah. Tell me if you have a favorite part when you think about it. Um, My favorite part, and there's a part, like, I truly, truly liked, is um, uh, Podrick when he's drunk. Drunk Podrick, like, yelling at Calm, like, is so funny. So he walks up. (laughs) It starts, it's great. It starts, he's like, He's, he's had enough to drink and he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. There's a dolly shot that follows him as he's walking and he pushes Dominic to the side, like smushes his face as he's walking past. Great. Then he goes, he goes, you know, there's three things I hate about Anisha and one policeman, two pudgy fiddle players, three. And, and like, as he's counting, like What's he's three. No, no, no. As he's counting, like his fingers are like just entering the frame, which I think is so funny. And and he goes three. Oh shit! I had a really good one for three. And and then he goes, uh, okay, let me start over. Um, one policeman, two, and the policeman goes pudgy fiddle players with his hand, like like his his hand is pointing at um calm, but he does it so funny, like like nudge nudge. Ah, oh, I just love the acting and. It's a very funny moment. So that's that's what I really liked. Anyone else like that bit? And honestly, like sure. I thought like the messaging in that scene is very, very interesting. It's like, yes, being nice won't get you anywhere when it comes to history book, but is that really what li- why we live life for? You know, like for the point of legacy? Is it not just like to take care and like cherish the people around us? You know? Yeah, it's also this idea of like, like that is a legacy too. Like the legacy you leave of he was this person who took care of the people around him and was kind and open and generous. Like that is as valid, if not more valid than being written about in a history book. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like this idea. That it's like, there are different legacies you can leave. And it's like, while you understand Colm's uh, struggle and why, what his like ambitions are, um it it is kind of like this idea of like these illusions of grandeur that are kind of like incepted into your head like yeah you could like be written about in history books but your legacy also could be that you're kind and generous and took care of the people around you um and i think that like that will pass on longer than you think and it will pass on within the people who are really important to you um and i think that like there are like while it's very valid to like want more from life it's like well, what is more? Like, do you do you need to be like this great person? Is that really going to bring you fulfillment? Or is that just something that you've been like taught to strive for? Because, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, like you're always like admiring whoever that's written. The greats, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and it's like, that's, that is potentially an empty pursuit. And I think that's what I like about this scene is that it's not saying it is or it isn't, but like you have to be careful with like, with how you're spending your time like because even things that you think are worth your time could be a, a very hollow pursuit are we talking about the bar scene still yeah okay you guys are really reading into it i just thought it was funny okay <laughs> and honestly aiden i thought like the other one other thing that's the scene highlight is how desperate column is it's like it's not just the pursuit of legacy that interests him like he literally feels like time is running out for yeah. him you know like he said, he thinks he's going to die soon and he's afraid that he's not going to be able to leave anything behind. There's not going to be a legacy, you know? 
Yeah, and and Brendan Gleeson is like is so good at getting that across, like that. Right. I, oh, I just love it. Yeah, I do. I, the performances are really good. We've already said it, but yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Brendan Gleeson fan. I'm there's one of his movies I haven't seen yet that I really want to see called Cavalry. I forget if that one. I think that one has like mixed reviews, maybe. But um, one movie that I have seen of his that I would recommend is the the guard, the mm. guard. Mm. It's from 2011. And him and um, oh fuck, what's his name? War Machine. Don Cheadle. Thank you, Don, Don Cheadle. Cheadle. Are like two cops, and it's like a comedy. Man, do I love that movie! It's like the nice guys in Ireland, sort of. Oh but, man. Um, yeah. Um. So one thing that's really good in this movie is the dialogue. True. <laughs> um. Martin McDonough's a playwright. Um. Most of the time, and then he's kind of like forayed into film here and there. And so he's really quite skilled at writing clever dialogue. Um, and I think for me, like, that's one of the few things that I really did like in this movie, that between that and the, the, the acting, I think, um, there's just very clever lines. Uh, do you guys have any that you found were particularly good? I don't have, I wasn't thinking about like particular lines. I was just thinking about like how well realized the characters are even on the script. Like, I think that every single line feels like so specific to that character. And that's what I love about it. Absolutely. Feels very genuine. Okay. I have some lines that I, because I like writing down those specific lines. I'm interested. Um, Okay. Here's one. Uh, Brennan, or uh, Podrick. Podrick is, uh, telling the fiddle player what happened. Uh, oh! he's, he's telling a lie to the fiddle player. And he, and he says, you know, your dad died from a, a bread van. And the fiddle player goes, that's how me mommy died. Yeah. If it's the same fucking bread van. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like the scene when uh, Dominic is having dinner with them. And he, and he says, touche in conversation. And, <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. Podrick is confused. He's like, to what? And, and he's like, touche, from the French. And then everyone just gets really quiet. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, like clearly Podrick is stupid. Like he didn't get touche. Like that's the implication. Um, there's another one from that same scene where Dominic is like, man, this house is fucking depressing. And and um, Siobhan goes, well, I've heard your house is a barrel of fucking laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Have you seen your sister naked? Is very interesting line. Um, oh, and then he, he says like, "Have you seen your sister naked?" And he goes, "Sisters with no clothes on." Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> to explain like, it. Yeah. In the same same scene, uh, he goes, "Reading, fucking hell." <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I like this scene. I don't have a specific line, but the scene where. Colm is like, it's Colm and the priest, and the priest is like, are you having impure thoughts about Podrick? And he goes, no, are you? And he's like, how dare you say that about a man in the cloth? <laughs> um, anyways, that's my my little contribution for the pod. Dude, that little bit was so funny, though. It was literally like, so so I'm not getting forgiven? And it's like, what if I die between now and next Sunday? I guess then I'm fucked. And then the priest was like, yeah, you are fucked. <laughs> started screaming and then came out of the confession booth and was like, yeah, you are fucked. And then, and then, and then he pointed a finger at the next one and like, you, you get, get 
Get in the confession. So fun. Yeah. It is a funny. There's funny movies. There's funny. What am I saying? There's there are funny, funny movies. In this there movie. are funny movies in this movie. Um. Uh. I, this isn't really a line of dialogue, but I also like how. Podrick says something like, you're always hiding behind walls to avoid Mrs. McCormick. And then later he hides behind a wall to avoid her. Yeah. Great oh, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. This movie was also directed by Martin McDonough. It was. Um, and maybe some people have some opinions on Martin McDonough they'd like to share. Um, maybe I... Aiden's just going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's actually leaving now. It, it, it was okay. coming and then it went. Okay. Peter. Like, okay, like, I know you aren't the biggest Martin fan. I'll get into I, my opinions later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I enjoyed all his movies. I have not seen the... I think there's one movie that came out in 2012. Let me try to find it. What is it called? What's this fun interlude? Yeah, I have, I have not seen The Seven Psychopath, but I've seen basically every other Martin McDowell movie, mm. uh, which aren't that many, by the way. Like I, I enjoyed all his movies. Like I felt like I'm just I'm very into character driven and character centric movies, and I felt like every one of his movies did that for me. You know, you connect with the characters, and then you had like an emotional impact at the end. So That's, yeah, I like this. Is crazy. Sorry, sorry. Finish your thoughts, right? I'm good. Go for it. Okay, I have seen every single one of Martin McDonough's movies. No way. Like I'm not counting short films or this live theater. Uh-huh. He's he's done. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at writing. Maybe he's directed more. Nope, that's it. So he's made four movies. They are In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, Three Billboards, and The Banshees of Inner Sharon. That's it. Yeah. He also produced The Guard. The game. Oh. The I'm Gander. pretty. It's his brother, right? Like his John Michael McDonald. Did, oh, uh, that has to be. That has to be. the guard. Yes, brother is the playwright and filmmaker Martin McDonough. Well, that explains that. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go into my thoughts on Martin McDonough. Sure. So I've seen his all of his films, and I don't really like them. As I said in the review. Well, you I see just, all of his films. <laughs> yeah, and I can easily say that I'm not a big fan of Martin McDonough movies. Why do you watch all of his films you don't like him? Well, because I... I'm not going to hold, like, if I like, if I don't like his other three movies, I'm still going to be like, well, maybe this new one's good if everyone's saying good things about it, you know? And they're all famous movies. Uh Um, Guys get invaded every time. (laughs) Sure. Anyways, like, people love In Bruges, and I I don't think it holds up very well to the modern era. Um, No, it doesn't. Yeah, I agree with that. Seven Psychopaths was, like, kind of disappointing. And I I really like, um, fuck, what's his name? Sam Rockwell? Uh, yep. He's he's a guy I like a lot. Also, Colin Farrell. Um, three billboards. Aiden Aiden hates. I didn't have such strong. You hate feelings. three billboards. Wow. Yeah, we know. Don't, don't, do, don't do, do this again. We've done this at least twice. No, I I'm I'm not going to. I'm going to briefly say that. You go. You go. Okay. Okay. I don't have such strong feelings, but I definitely like, saw it. And there's one sequence that I distinctly remember. It's the, what do you call it? Brutal, brutal action. Sam Rockwell, like brutality, police brutality. Oh. the brutality, the police brutality scene is like ingrained in my brain because it's like a one shot. Oh, and it's just I was like, whoa, what the fuck is Sam Rockwell doing to those poor guys? So I remember that really well. 
But other than that, like other than that, like the movie didn't. I was like, oh, okay. And then Banshees. So I'm just yeah. That's my history with Martin. How about you, Aiden? Yeah. So I've only seen this and Three Billboards. Um, I will just briefly say I think Three Billboards fucking sucks. Like I think that <laughs> I think that uh like some of the character work is good for sure. I think he's very good at like directing actors in interpersonal scenes. Hundred percent. My problems with that movie, like the points that that movie is making and the ones it thinks it's making, it's it's dumb. It's very clearly a movie about like American problems written by a non-American, like very obviously. Mm. Um, That's but interesting. Whatever. whatever. Anyway, the, in this movie, I actually really really like the directing. I think it's very focused on what it's supposed to be. I like the shot choices. I like that again. It's not like they're not you're not doing too much with the shot choices. Um, I like that it's uh, very natural, natural lighting, which I know that that's not, I'm getting a little bit away from directing, but I just mean it, the overall vision of the movie, I think is very focused on like just these interpersonal relationships, uh, which is like the heart of the story. And I think that the directing actors is great. I think it shows like the performances are great and the chemistry is great. And I don't think you can get there without great directing. So I think this movie is incredibly well directed. And honestly, like, I don't remember Three Billboards that well because I've seen it a long time ago now. Like, but I, like, I personally, I really felt for Woody Harrelson's character, you know? Like, when, like, oh, right. I like, he was in um, quick, quick, pew, 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 spoiler. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, um, but, like, he dies in this movie because of cancer. But, he like, kills he himself, doesn't he? Oh, or he killed himself. I forgot. I think it's a little bit of both. So. Yeah, he has cancer yeah. and then he kills himself, I think. Okay, yeah. there you go. Um, and like I thought, like just like listening to his voice memo after his death, and then seeing like the legacy he left for Francis uh, McDormand's character uh, in like the form of billboards, it's just it's a very moving scene. Like after all the things that's happened in the movie, like him sort of dismissing her, sort of and like like and like well, there obviously it's a little more than that. It's layered, but um, like it's very moving scene for me. Like I cried when that scene happened. Oh, well, you cried. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. I only do it ironically um, to yeah, make fun cried. of you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think for Banshees, like, I think the directing is like, I think it's pretty good. I don't think it was anything that like really stood out to me, which is sometimes the mark of a good direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think there's like, yeah, I think there's like some pretty solid moments where I was like, yeah, that's a good composition. Like, it works really well. So, like, the ending is, it's nice. Um, with like the two shot mm-hmm. on the beach, that's yeah. nice, and I guess also the two shot at the lake. Well, parallels. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all. Like I, I'm. I don't really have strong thoughts on this direction. Um, yeah, but it's it's decent. But it's okay, okay. But like, it's not like it's not supposed to stand out to you. Like it's not. I know. Su- it's not supposed to be something that's like jumping in your face. It's focused and specific there are shots that communicate and again like this is the main job of director is directing actors but like i think the way scenes are covered is still incredibly well done there's so many shots that i think there's one that i talked about where it's uh podrick just sitting in the bar or, mm-hmm. or in the pub and he's just it's I, it's near the beginning of the movie and he's just waiting for a calm and yeah. it's it's like a such a good shot and it just communicates like his loneliness so well and i i think that the scenes are like 
like I think the right shot is chosen in almost every single scene, every single moment, and I think that the directing uh, between the actors is great too. I like I don't know, like I just this isn't the type of movie where you're gonna be like, like again, you're like like if he tried to put like a oneer in this, that would be stupid. Like that no, would be a, yeah, that would be a bad decision. You know I, what I mean? agree with you. I I just find that the coverage he used, I did find myself going. I personally would not have done that or I would not because there's a lot of like um like sliders for like mm-hmm. conversations like that's something that was like not for me personally um and just some other things like yeah I couldn't like summarize it completely but um what he chose was not necessarily things that yeah I think <laughs> I know what you're saying like it doesn't need to be flashy and I agree and I think Sometimes I still didn't care for the directing personally, but um, I think, like we said, why don't we talk about the acting? Because we all seem sure. to love the acting, and that is, like you said, half of the director's job is directing actors, and I think that's done very well in this movie. Um, yeah. Who would you say is the MVP? Uh, I almost think I don't remember the actor's name. I almost think Siobhan, the actor. Like uh, I know. Carrie. Carrie Condon. Love, love. I, I, I I really do think that like in a lot of ways, like she is like, she's like the heart of this movie, or at least the, like the thing that kind of ties it together really well. I think that this movie like doesn't work very well at all. If you don't have her there, if you don't like have like the tenderness mixed with like the frustration she brings and how like every single line feels like, like she's, she feels like she's at a battle with herself all the time but she's like so overall like caring that she like that's what comes through anyway like she portrays this kind of like slightly tired feeling as well like she's kind of worn down from living this life really well yeah yeah i i think she's the mvp i feel like every scene she's in is great um yeah i think in a in a in a movie full of great performances she's the best one for me yeah absolutely i, actually, I agree peter do you want to double down on that or yeah i i think uh i'm with you there like because i feel like she is like a deeply troubled person but like you barely see her you rarely see her show it you know um i think that's like one of the great part where like she like she, like every scene like basically every interaction she has with like some uh someone else she she hides that feeling you know she's still that loving caring sister when she's talking but then when she's by herself she starts reflecting on whether this is the right place for her to be you know and i really like that duality and how she's able to separate like these two sides of her um but like if i have to pick someone else i would say it's probably this is tough uh brandon gleason like i i, I think i think for me it's like a tough choice between Colin and Brendan because they're both fantastic in their own regards uh but like Brendan's uh just just like just like <laughs> I'm I'm just uh so much admiration for him for not laughing in these scenes because like if I'm opposite to at, at Colin Farrell in these scenes I'll be laughing my ass off because they were actually genuine very very funny dialogues and the fact that he's able to deliver like that serious performance because that's what makes the comedy work, you know? If, like, he's not there to balance it out, it will not be funny. And, like, the fact that he, he's able to land that, hit the spot every time to make the scene 
just so so comedic is just that's it for me you know um i would say brendan gleason then fair brendan gleason is very good in this movie there was um man i don't even know where it is it might be when um guy colin farrell is walking his cows past Mm -hmm. i think it's that scene yeah and colin is sitting on a wall and he makes like like a very strange face like like he's like like his kind of jaw drops as if he's like like but like his mouth is closed i was just mm-hmm. like whoa what is he doing with his face and it was, it was really good though i <laughs> yeah. think it was good acting anyways if i had to pick someone um i might have gone with carrie condon but um I'll, i think every one of us likes her yeah, we all like carrie <laughs> yeah she's uh, great for the sake of variety i might honestly go with barry keoghan yeah he's great like his he's so different from that guy that he plays dominic uh-huh. and just like i was watching him like the sh- he's never not moving like he's always like shifting his body yes and his eyes are always like all over the place like he's he's thinking about stuff and i was like whoa there's like a whole like dude the subtle details are great yeah yeah and yeah, and uh, like, like I think his character is just strong, regardless. Like, well written. I like his bit with like the um, the stick with a hook. Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. Well, I, I wonder what this stick with a hook is for. I guess hooking things that are stick lengths away. <laughs> that makes sense. Or you know, um, and but it's funny that like between the three of us, none of us mentioned Colin Farrell who won a golden globe and an award at venice for the best actor and is one of the front runners for best actor at the oscars Oscars? no way that's crazy probably it's him brendan frazier and austin butler i think were the front runners it sounded like um what do you guys think between those three uh i I would be sad if Austin Butler won that, <laughs> but then uh, that might just make my anti Elvis bias kick it, keep uh, creeping in. I mean, I think Brendan Fraser's great in the whale. He's like the best part of it. Um, I don't but, know. I I'd probably give it to Colin Farrell though. To be yeah, honest, I honestly I give it to three. Colin out of the three. I have not seen Elvis, but I'll say Colin, man. I'm actually I'm gonna look it up. I wonder if has he won before i don't think so i don't know he has not won i know he won that. two golden globe awards so no i don't think so i yeah, think I, it's overdue as well yeah I'm, and i do want to say like even though none of us mentioned him like he's amazing in this movie like i wrote that note down multiple it, it, times it, watching it, it, like he's incredible in this movie yeah and i, I like, think i actually think that it's because he's the main character and because we spend the most time with him that like maybe just naturally some of the mystery of the character is gone a little bit. He doesn't need to be lines. highlighted. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, like for me, it's like, when I look at the performance, like, if someone is, like, very consistent and very good throughout, it almost means a little less to me than someone who's, like, a spark, you know, here. Because um, I feel like these side characters, wherever they appear, it's, like, a joy to, like, spend some time with them on screen. Sure, yeah. So... Like, it's almost a little more special to me to see them. And uh, so I feel like a little, even more of a connection with them. I think that's completely fair, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, oh, right, okay. I I totally forgot what I was going to say and I was going to bullshit. But um, uh, (laughs) Colin Farrell, I think, overdue for 
uh, an Oscar. Like he's just been he's been a fantastic actor for years, and this year especially. Like yeah. sometimes I've heard that sometimes the Oscar goes to an actor like even if the one they're getting nominated for wasn't their best performance of the year, mm-hmm. like it kind of recognizes people's yeah. like general appreciation for them. So yeah. like this year, Colin Farrell had this the Batman where he was like penguin. a complete yeah. transformation into the Penguin yeah. and after Yang. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he did after Yang. Yeah. That's like three banger performances in a row. Yeah. So I think I think it's very well deserved. I mean, I agree. Pro uh, Bren Brendanessance. The Brenaissance. For the Brenaissance, I yeah. never remember what it is, but uh, man, do I hate the whale much more <laughs> than I dislike this movie, and. I yeah I, f- I feel safer giving it to Colin. I guess Brendan's my second choice, and then yeah, I wouldn't be mad if either of those won. I'd be yeah. I I don't dislike Austin Butler's performance. I'm sure he's great. I think the movie literally doesn't like show it off in any way that yeah. would make me care about it. So I I think just by like the editing of the movie alone, you can't give it to him. <laughs> you can't point. you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it. Like <laughs> I. I almost think he could. He could win. And I know, which funny. would make me so bad. Like, <laughs> that would make me so upset. Dude, fucking, uh, fucking Rami Mal- uh, uh, what's his name? Rami, Rami Malek won for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Oh, yeah. Best actor. Yeah, they, they love giving... Yeah, they, they love their, uh, like, stupid, terrible biopics in Hollywood. <laughs> and, then, and then rewarding actor who just, like... Like I, I ate fish six times a day for seven months because I heard I read in an interview once that Elvis liked fish. Shut shut up. Well bro, that's <laughs> what, get out hey, of that's here. what Leo did in uh, the Revenant yeah, and it worked. I was gonna say wrong guy. That <laughs> no, was, he, he no, was but a like, vegan eating like bison livers. I was just well, giving like a random example, but like it's like the thing when I see the headlines where it's like Austin Butler permanently is gonna talk like Elvis, like shut the fuck up. Oh my god, fuck I off. saw that. <laughs> fuck off, man. Did you, like, did you see? <laughs> did you see like Vanessa Hudgens' comments on it as well? I did see that. Oh my no, god. Anyways, um, unless you want to keep talking about that, uh, <laughs> we have a movie. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Um, yeah. This movie does a very interesting thing in that there's not really a status quo established before we get into the conflict yeah almost right away we're introduced actually sorry when we're introduced to calm they're already they've already started the conflict calm has decided prior to the movie starting that he is no longer going to be friends with Padraig. very interesting choice what did you guys think i think it's great i think like i was thinking about like how you would do that script and i think like I think that if you start it beforehand, I don't know if you'd buy the transition as much. Like, I think you'd either have to make it so that, like, Colm is too friendly to Podrick for the for the switch to make sense. Or you'd have to do it in such a way that it's like, yeah, he clearly has a problem with him. So why are we even seeing this? Like, I just don't know. I've been thinking about it, it's like why like i can't think of like what the point of an earlier scene would be other yeah. than establish it other than to like the tip do this typical screenwriting thing which yeah. is establish the status quo um but i think we learn about what the status quo is i think we infer it we get a sense of like what uh coleman potter's relationship was like and i think that's better 
because we get to focus on how the characters are reevaluating themselves, especially Podrick, in the conflict. And I think that that's, that's the focus of the movie, and this allows us to focus on that. Absolutely. And I also think just, like, it's, it's like one of these things in life where you don't need a lot of context to relate to, you know? Because yeah. it's like, like we all, we've all been there. One, like we can all like relate to that feeling, you know, of like just a random, well, in this case, pretty random, uh, but like the feeling of breaking up with like a friend, you know, or like some significant person in our lives. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not much else to say. I think, yeah, I think on a second watch, I definitely agree with the choice more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, just I, I was playing the scenario in my head as well, mm-hmm. being like, yeah, like what if if it did do the traditional thing, showing us as friends, showing them as friends before going into it, I think it would just ring false. Yeah, you know, like it wouldn't come across as believable. Because, yeah, you'd be like, oh, they're friends, or... Yeah, like, it's almost felt, like, too sudden, you know? Like, especially considering yeah. the movie's runtime as well. Like, that would be something, like, I would expect in, like, a, a pure comedy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just too absurd, I guess. Um, or the other option is, yeah, like, I was thinking, like, what if there was a scene where they're, like, hanging out at the bar, mm-hmm. and Podrick is rambling on, and you can tell Colm's not into it. And I think... I think that doesn't work either. I think it works very yeah. well by starting with that hook. Like, I'm not friends with you anymore, like almost instantly. And you're like, oh, we're st- like we're just getting right into it. I think it's I think it's smart. Um Colm's house. No segue there. Just <laughs> Colm's house. Great. Colm's house. Uh this is I just noticed while I was watching this time, it's decorated with like masks and yeah. puppets and there's like one of those phonographs and mm-hmm. it's a very it's an artist's house yeah it's like the house of like a quote-unquote cultured man you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. um do you think that the masks or the puppets that are like like it's fairly prevalent in the set design there do you think that's trying to say anything about the character beyond the fact that he's an artist well, I, th- I think he feels like he's kind of, like, ma- like losing a little bit of control. I-, I think that that's that's a fair thing to say. Like like Peter was saying, like, like ta- time is slipping away, to the- way to him, away from him, and he's kind of, like, at the whim of these greater forces, like Father Time and, uh, like, ideas of legacy. That And I think he does – he is starting to feel, like, trapped. And so maybe, maybe yeah, like, he feels a bit – like I guess there's maybe a connection to the puppet. I I was thinking about it too, but I didn't come up with anything super concrete. Uh, yeah. On that. Um. Yeah, and I I kind of feel like the mat they like they directly draw attention to it because I think uh, Podrick like puts it on. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because like he's been to his house before. <laughs> Does he do that every time? You know, like ooh, your mask, ooh, ooh, you know, um, you know. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like do you, like maybe Calm is someone who is has been wearing a mask for a while and just kind of like putting up with Podrick, mm-hmm. and now he's like mask off. Yeah, like future. Mask yeah. Off, mask off. yeah. Um, but speaking of like puppets, religion's a big thing in this movie, and you might say we're all puppets of God. 
if yep. you believe in that sort of thing. That's what I say. Um, so that's a great transition. <laughs> I had to make up for the shit one. Um, like it's like there's so many shots where like cross crucifix are like in the foreground and like like or in the background, but it's like huge. And there's like the Virgin Mary at the crossroads, like all over the place iconography. I think Martin McDonough is trying to say something to us. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is another thing that I noticed as well, and I was thinking about a lot. And, like, there definitely could be a deeper point about religion, but I always took it as, like, a, a, just a constant reminder of how tight-knit this community is. Like, they're all part of this one commun- one communal organization, which is, in this case, Christianity. Like, they all go to church, and, like, there is, like there's an aspect of religion that isn't just uh like uh theo theological and and spiritual like it's just Mm -hmm. like like literally like physically what you're doing like what you the things you attend and and outward expression and i think like yeah i think it provides the idea of like they're all in the same bucket they're all in the same boat here like they kind of all they all go to the same church they're that tight-knit I think it ties into the ideas of like gossip, like the, when they go to church, like we see like people gossiping and stuff when they go in and they, and they all gather. Um, and yeah, I, I took it as like, like there might be something more going on there, but that, that's the main way I was imper- interpreting it. Yeah. Um, I was struggling with it after the first one. I was like, after the first viewing, like I was like, for sure that he's trying to say something, but I couldn't figure it out. And I think, I think maybe it has to do with the idea of being nice and legacy. And I almost wonder if it's the counter example to what they're saying is that here's, you know, Jesus Christ is probably the best example of someone who is remembered for being nice. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, Oh I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I think it's, you know, it, it's like I said, it's the counterpoint to Colm's argument that you'll never be remembered for being nice. Well, look at Jesus. You know, people are. Oh, that's the, interesting. The entire yeah. community is obsessed with this guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can't get religion. enough of this Jesus Man, guy. Get <laughs> over it. <laughs> no. uh, um, and yeah, like like basically, his whole thing was being nice. Um, I. Hmm. And what's also interesting about Jesus is what kind of makes him also famous is not not only that he was being nice fuck off peter i don't know what you're laughing at but also that people were mean to him and killed him for being nice mm. sound familiar it's kind of like what the the banshees of inisherin is like maybe what do you think uh well, I, you kind of lost me at the end there, but yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I, I think that's for the most part very interesting to consider. Yeah. Who are you referring to for the Banshees of Inisherin? Yeah, there's this movie we watched called The Banshees. Right. Of I know, but like which character movie. though? Yeah, I don't really know what you're talking about either. There. Yeah. Um. No, I'm just saying. Like, okay, so like Jesus was like betrayed by Judas. Sure. And that's why we're. That's why, and he got put up on the crucifix. Sure. I don't know why I don't subscribe to that thing. So it don't was, really was like know. Speaking against like the, the Roman Roman empire. Okay. Yeah. I was going like to say like, I don't stuff. know the lore. I don't know the Jesus lore. So sue me if I'm wrong about some of these things, but, um, and then here's Podrick who's trying to be super nice 
And he had a friend, just like in, in many ways, like Jesus had a friend in Judas. <laughs> and the friend betrays him so that silver um yeah no i don't have anything deeper than dude that. that's like, like tinfoil yeah. hat on <laughs> top of tinfoil <laughs> hat bro it's like a blanket idea you know it's sure. not like a it's not like a direct you know like this point sure. this point this point this point matches it's like a blanket mm-hmm. gotcha it's like a blanket guys that's hey i do i do want to talk to you guys about something Sure. Um, you talk to us about something let's hear it um so this is a very random thought but that's like i just um so basically, when I first saw the trailer of this movie, okay. uh, like, like he was, he basically mentioned like every time you talk to me, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers, right, in the trailer, yes. and we saw the dog sort of carrying the shear away from him, mm-hmm. and then he's like laughing. So I thought, like, before like watching this happen, I thought like the cutting off finger thing is supposed to be like an empty gesture, like an empty threat. You know, like he's never actually going to do it okay. because the dog was carrying it away. But then the movie fucking shocked me with a fucking finger in the garden. Mm. Anyways, that's just, just something I want to talk about. Talk to you guys about. I just want to, yeah. Um, I, I didn't expect him to actually do it. I'm 0% shocked. Like once you, really? that up, once you set that up, like that's going to happen. Like yeah, for sure. If that's in the it's trailer, Chekhov's man, finger. It's Chekhov's finger. Like I don't. I, I knew uh, as soon as I saw in the trailer, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's going to cut off his fingers. That's yeah. gross. But anyways. Yeah. Um, also, uh, if we're talking about Jesus, uh, you know, hand mutilation, if we're trying to draw parallels. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> yeah. It's the General. same. Yeah. I'm telling you guys. Yeah. Um, anyways, speaking of Jesus and fingers, yeah. let's talk about a little donkey called <gasps> Jenny. Yeah. Um, that was sad. Was it? Was it sad? Yeah, that was yeah, sad. That was, My God, dude. <laughs> heartless bastard over here. Jesus Christ. Exactly. Jesus Christ. You're right. oh, oh. Um, um, dude. I, I can start, sure, but like. Yeah. Like, I get it. Animals, cute. I agree. I like animals. Oh, it's more than that. Yeah. When animals die, sad. I I agree. This one just like did not move me in any way. I was like, oh, that's too bad. Aiden, you want to take this? Oh, uh, well, I don't <laughs> know what I'm saying. It's just like, it's like, that's like his only friend. Like, it's like he's someone who needs like friends and needs people in his yeah. life. And this mm-hmm. is something, someone who is like, uh, this is a, a, uh, a living being that is like unconditionally his friend and wants to be by his side all the time. And just like yeah. completely innocent and caught in the crossfire. Exactly. Oh yeah. my God. So well put. And I also just want to add that uh, I think it's like the day after the bar, com- drunken confession at the bar, um, the, the Jenny was in the house and uh, Siobhan was mad. But then Col- uh, Podrick was explaining, it's like, I'm all like Jenny's always by my side when I'm sad or something like that. It's just like, yeah. even though I feel like Podrick has like, it's not like the same as Dominic, but like he also has trouble connecting with people, Podrick. And the fact that he finds um, comfort and uh, almost asylum when connecting with animals, it's just like, it's like a different way of conveying his loneliness. And the fact that now he's lost his best friend, uh, he's not great with Pot, uh, he's not great with Dominic, and now Jenny's dead. It's just like, 
getting worse and worse for him, you know? Yeah. And, and then Jenny's death was indeed what pushed him over the edge. And also, yeah. um, did Siobhan leave before or after that? I think it's before, before, right? Before. So, yeah, again, like, he, his sister's gone, his best friend's gone. Now his yeah. donkey's gone, so. Yeah, I, I, I didn't cry, but I found it very, very sad. Yeah, it was very, very sad. You made a point. <laughs> Alex just like, nah, not my donkey. <laughs> I like how you say donkey. You say it like donkey, like with a U, like dunkaroos, donkey. Donkey, donkey. 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 And you do it. Donkey. Donkey. Dude, what what are we turning into? <laughs> oh my Anyways, god. Um, you know what's really interesting? Uh, Patrick has really no friends by the end of this movie. Uh-huh. He loses like literally everyone in his life. He does lose yes. everyone in his life. People, you know, um, what's his face? Except he has a new Colm. friend called Arson. Col- Arson. <laughs> <laughs> and he has scared custody. Oh my god. Um, no. <laughs> like, Calm, le- calm, no, calm refuses to be friends with him. And that's, I do find that very interesting. So, it's the whole thing starts with calm saying, I'm not going to be friends with you. Then everyone everyone else in his life leaves or dies. And then all that's left is calm. And he still can't, yeah. right? Like, like it's like, it's, it's so ambiguous close. in the ending. I felt like, no, it's not. It's not ambiguous. They're not friends anymore. But I think what's interesting is also like Colm says, okay, we're even now. Like kind of like half extending the olive branch, even though mm-hmm. he won't be like friends with him still. Like they could be at least neutral. Yeah. And like Padre says, no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I like, uh, I like the idea that it's like this very like mundane, like realistically mundane disagreement, like escalated into this insane like feud uh that mm. became like very violent and yeah i, I like uh I, I think that's an interesting arc that potter goes on where he kind of just becomes like all it's like all he has left is like his resentment in the end yeah um i don't know where do you guys want to take this maybe i think i think i've said my piece to be honest like i th- I, I think i've said just about everything i want to say yeah. about this movie too i know you have a There's... point here about civil war but i yeah, actually, so let's talk about Captain America's Civil War. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, guys guys are all, Man? No, you guys are all one today. You guys are too yeah. funny. No, Holy guys, shit. Team Cap, right? <laughs> Team Cap. Team Cap. I Bro. rewatched that movie, and even though I said I was Team Iron Man the first time, I think I did switch to Team Team, team Cap. Dude, Bucky's too cute, man. What can I say? Fucky. <laughs> I wasn't ready to take it that involved. far, but... Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I don't like him. That's what I meant by yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not, not, uh, he wants to fucky, fucky, yeah, yeah. fucky. He wants to, no. Anyways, um, yeah, so there's a civil war going on. Sure. That's where it's set. Um, I, I'm not sure the point is much deeper than sometimes people fight and it's civil, like it's people from the same team or something. Sure. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like the only, it's like that and then maybe the idea of like, like, a battle that just see, will just like continue to spiral on with no end maybe but sure. i yeah I, I don't think like 
I don't think the movie is trying to serve as like an allegory for the Civil yeah. War. Like not yeah, not so. not really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so I gotta give you guys a very short anecdote. Before sure. watching this movie, Alex put the idea in my head that you need to know the Irish Civil War to get the wider context. It's, and it's funny because then I did not do that. Like yeah. I told you, I was like, oh, it's about that. So like you should probably know what and, it is. And, and I, and like I got reminded of this uh, when I when I was looking at my ticket. I was like, oh shit, it's a banshee of inner shirt. I gotta watch like a YouTube video, and and I was like late for my movie as well. So I had to like watch it along the way as I'm getting to my theater, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't finish the uh, the lore video. I'm gonna not have a good time in the movie. I was getting like all nervous, you know. And then the Civil War is mentioned twice in the entire film. Thanks, Alex. It's okay. Calm down. It's good contextual. No, no, it is good information, and I think like it is related because like the Irish Civil War is sort of like uh, a continuation of the Irish English War initially, Um, and like I think the concept of like originally all the Irish people banding together and like fighting England. And then because of the differences in whether to accept England's truce treaty or not, friends have turned into enemies. And like, I guess like if you want, really want to draw a connection, that's like the one thing I would draw where two, of, two, two men were fighting on the same side the, um, the other day and now there are enemies. Because, that's what you know, a civil war is. Yeah, the civil war. So. That's what a Captain America civil war is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I have a point about death. Um, I like that Mrs. McCormick is pretty well like the embodiment of death. Yeah, I think that was pretty interesting. She's mm-hmm. like really fucking creepy. Um, Still have no and- idea because like I thought her presence is more like a cultural thing. It's like to add into the the mystique and like a little give a little bit of cultural vibe yeah. into the movie. I I think it speaks directly to the themes in that. Mm-hmm. Palma's of he's not exactly afraid of death, but yeah. he's concerned that with death kind of like on his mind. Oh um, yeah. Right around the he corner. Has, yeah. And he is he he feels that he hasn't done enough in his life mm-hmm. that's worthwhile. And I uh, that probably also relates to the civil war going on nearby. Yeah. Because that was fairly deadly. Like uh, I think if I if I got the figure right, I think I read that it was like two thousand people died or something. Mm. So like not like not like a low number, like a, quite a few people died. Um, and then, I mean, also she predicts the deaths of two characters um, that are the result of this, like kind of meaningless. Who few, else died? You know, the donkey and daughter. oh, the donkey, right? Nicky Nick, it's Nick the donkey. No, no one else. No, no, right. no. I know not what you really? speak of. It's fascinating. There's a Christmas song. Oh. Na, 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 na. Okay, you you talk about something. I'll pull it up for sure. Yeah, no, I like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like. Uh, yeah, like I like that she's kind of the embodiment of death. I like that. I kind of talked about this a little bit where it's like, for some people, like it's like a death of the soul as well. Like you know, Ooh, like, wow, the idea of like wasting your time and like. Like, like, I think, like, uh, and I think Siobhan is, is kind of the best example of that, where it's, like, like, staying there would be, like, like, death to her. Like, it, it would be, like, mm-hmm. um, confirming that she's never going to 
get like, out do the things yeah. she wants to do mm-hmm. which is like a, a little death you know and i don't mean in, in the french way <laughs> never what mind. never mind never mind, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> anyway speaking of french here's dominic the donkey the italian christmas donkey with dominic Wait, Alex, why do you know this song? Is my question. Yeah, I don't know this. <laughs> hey, do we have rice for that? I thought it was Nicky V Nick, but Hey Alex, do we have rice for that? Can you can you post clips featuring that song? I don't give a shit. Whatever. Holy Dude, what Rebels if you get here? sued, bro? Yeah, I'll get sued for this and not copyright complaint. Not any other copyright we've been violating. <laughs> cut this <laughs> um no anyways why do i know that because i'm not italian is the context for why you're asking um because my parents definitely sang that at some point i was like oh that's a song i know now nice. um, parents be like that sometimes don't they sure, yeah. um isn't it also in oh no sorry that's wrong um why did dominic die I think I have an answer, but what do you guys think? Uh, well, like, to me, I thought it's just, like, he's in an abusive family, so, like, he's not getting much, like, uh, I, like, like, like Aiden and I have talked about, like, everyone in this movie, at least, like, the main cast, are, like, lonely in some de- one degree or another. And, like, Dominic is very much, like, a, he's already an outcast of the village, and he can find comfort and connection with his family. And now he's rejected by Siobhan as well. And, uh, you know, and like, Podrick isn't like, great with him. Like, Podrick is friend with him because of desperation, because Brandon's abandoned him. Sorry, not Brandon, Colum's abandoned him. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, like he just doesn't belong. And like, we see the two characters that don't belong uh siobhan leaving the village and going to the mainland pursuing her future and i guess dominic's has chosen a path of death you know to so no future um yeah yeah Yeah. um i think that thing about future is really interesting like um siobhan is trying to like better herself and colm is trying to better himself and like dominic doesn't really have anywhere to go right like he he tries to it like you know quote unquote advance himself but like by finding love with uh siobhan but that doesn't work out but actually i don't i don't know that it's just his rejection from siobhan i think more of it has to do with the fact that podrick is mean now because there's that scene where they're sitting on the cliff and Podrick says he told the fiddle player to like, like that his dad died. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, you're mean now. And he liked him because he was nice. Mm-hmm. And now he's lost the only person who was Interesting. Nice okay. Yeah. And when the Siobhan re- rejection happens, like that's, it's the, the nail in the coffin really. Um, yeah, it's probably Peter. Um, sorry, I get distracted when you guys use the chat. Um, Aiden, we're just talking about uh, Dominic and why he was why he died. 
Yeah, uh, I think what you're saying is right. I think the like you're mean now. Like I, I think that like, like he really feels like like everyone's gonna be, like like what's the point of being here if everyone treats him like shit? You know what I mean? Like this community is like everything to him, and he's maybe not able to survive and fend for himself outside of this community. And so if like if like everyone is mean, even Podrick, then it's like yeah, what's the point of have any of this yeah there's just yeah i think to summarize this movie there's consequences to being mean donkey's donkey's gonna die dominic's gonna die dominic's the donkey's gonna be played the song and that's the most unfortunate thing of all um aiden we have a segment we sure do um so um i don't know if you guys have noticed but you always do but this podcast it's called predator versus movies we've done the movie part and now oh we my just gotta God. get to the predator so we <laughs> asked the question would this movie the banshees of inner sharon be better if the predator from predator was in it is that natasha leone Gino, <laughs> <laughs> bro what the fuck special guest natasha leone how is um how was ryan johnson i was working with ryan johnson on uh, his new series uh russian russian doll no no <laughs> wait you know, who are you trying to I do I, that's the I, only thing i know her from she's i thought new... I, I thought you were trying to do al pacino i was just doing a voice Okay. Was not a particular. Wikipedia has changed, and I don't like it. Oh, Poker Face. Okay. okay. It's a show called very, Poker Face for very Peacock, strong opinion. created by Ryan Johnson. Dead it's like a mystery, probably comedy a bit, but starring Natasha Leone. Mm. Anyways, there that you wasn't go. very interesting. Um, would this movie be better though? That's the question, isn't it? No. Where would he fit? Do Predator just casually <laughs> swimming in the ocean in one of these like <laughs> beach scenes? Is that something he's known for? Casually swimming? I, I have no idea actually. Does, can swim. Predator swim? Yeah. That is the fourth time that question has been asked. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, we asked that, that for Avatar for sure. I'm pretty Wakanda sure we asked it for Wakanda Forever, yeah. Um, we should have a count. Like, just keep a running tally of how many times Peter asked the same question. <laughs> Um, uh, I have no have. idea. I'll say, Predator I'll say, it just be nicer. I think that's yeah. Predator oh has to learn God. to be nice. Predator gets into a bar fight. Yeah. Yeah. Predator yep. in the yep. confessional. Yep. Oh, that's Pred- great. Predator is Jesus. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Peter, we have a segment. We do. Um, Predator's sorry, sorry, sorry. the idea that like this is. It's completely normal, but it's a one detail that like makes it an alternate reality, and that's that Jesus is canonically predator in this yeah. universe. Like you see like pictures of like predator and windows and stuff. That'd be funny. The, yeah, the crucifix, like the sad <laughs> wooden crucifix is predator though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter, we have a segment. We do. Predator's picks. What have you guys watched the last week? Who's going first? I have one, so I'm or two. I'm very short. I've been watching um, the show Z-Way, yep. very funny show. I love that show. Quite Better than Barry? Very different show. Um, very different show. <laughs> okay. Z-Way is a talk show, like late night talk show, but like for streaming, which is weird, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like a young person. Anyways, very funny. Uh, 
I probably like Barry better though. Anyways, Zero <laughs> uh, was great. Also watched a little movie from Seth Korea called Broker. Oh, yeah. Watched that with Aiden and friend of the podcast Ryan. But that's not um, a small movie. Well, right? sometimes I say things that aren't true. Okay. Uh, it's called Irony. Uh, and anyways, it's a movie called Broker. It stars the guy from uh, Parasite. And it's the director who did Shoplifters, if you're familiar, from 2018. Um, I think also one of the characters is a K-pop, maybe? Person. I read that I read that too somewhere, but I didn't know who it yeah. was. Neither do I. I'm not... I don't know. So, But I did hear about it. Anyways, um, very interesting movie. I liked it quite a bit um had some like things that i was like like and i'm not the only one some people were like is that like leaning into pro-life and and it seems to be like like sometimes characters can say things and that doesn't mean that's the movie standpoint so like i don't know what the movie standpoint is which is more important but there's definitely like one line where they're like killing an killing a fetus is like killing a child and you're like yeah oh no why did it, it was a, abortion is like killing yeah. a child and we're like oh God, yeah i also when i heard that line was like i was like is that what this is about there's no fucking yeah. way but um i i then it was like i think if you interpret that more charitably like uh i i felt that was more of a character thing for her i don't think the mm-hmm. movie was trying to be like pro-life or anything um uh but yeah but it's also very like because like the whole thing is about adoption and you know like and found family and then oh and then it goes to the bit about thank you for being born and i was like (laughs) like that's a really nice sentiment unless you're looking at it with the pro-life lens then it's like well yeah thank you for being born instead of aborted (laughs) you know like there's it was a bit like uh, but i mean the as a movie very good yeah really I mean, strong direction I'll, I'll hop into uh like because i also saw this movie i'll just do this really quick yeah, yeah uh i i thought this movie was really good i liked a lot of the character work there's some moments i think are great but it's kind of hit or miss with some moments like there are some plot points i wasn't completely sold on the movie has a habit of like like something happens and it's like not clear that it happens and then the movie has to explain what happened later like that happens mm-hmm. a couple times i was talking to ryan about that and he was like yeah yeah i know what you mean um and so there's some things that are a little weird i think that maybe some of the pacing is a little wonky um but yeah i i overall really really like this movie as well i will add that also sometimes characters say the subtext yeah like they'll just straight up say themes like i don't know the one the only one i can think about is like maybe you just need an umbrella for two or like, you know, that line. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's kind of saying what the thing is. Like, maybe don't, I don't, I don't remember. There were other bits, but otherwise, like, like, I think that was a solid, like four. Like yeah. I liked it a lot. Not with Me that flaws though. Um, Aiden, do you want to finish your predators picks? Cause that's it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll speed run this because I actually watched a lot of things. But okay, so the first thing I watched was, I don't think I talked about this last week. I watched Solaris. You did talk about it last Ooh, week. I did? Okay, okay, well then never mind. Uh, then don't worry about that. Uh, so I am in a uh, screenwriting class for television. Um, Here we go. As a result, I've had to watch, I've watched three different full television shows 
over the past uh, Holy week or so. Shit. How many seasons? How many uh, full, episodes? Of, no, of the first season. The first yeah, season. I was going to say, like, yeah, probably yeah. not the whole not, thing. Not full thing. Sorry. I've watched three se- first Jeez. seasons. That's still a lot, though. How I many know. episodes? Uh, Varied. Some I think most of them were, like, eight. Eight or less. So it wasn't wow. that great. It wasn't, that's like, insane. insane. Um, But <laughs> you were just that's still That's still a lot. It's yeah. a lot, yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, what was the... F- first one i was supposed to watch anyway okay uh i watched the show great news which is kind of like uh it's a tina fey produced uh sitcom it's very much in the style of 30 rock if you've seen 30 rock um i don't think it's as good as 30 rock i think that like uh it has a tendency to focus only on like four characters and they those four characters like kind of do the same thing a lot of the time mm-hmm. and it's like I, to me like a show doesn't have to have a plot, b plot, c plot, d plot always going, but it's yeah. like I think it's kind of nice in this format. Maybe, maybe I'm just like I know Thirty Rock, and so I'm expecting that. But this show only ever has a plot and b plot going on, and it's just like, and so I, I feel like we kind of start retreading things. It's it's pretty funny though. It's very millennial, so there's some things where I'm like, okay, like whatever. But it's like it's very much a millennial show. But I, I think it might be worth checking out. I feel like sitcoms a lot um next show i had to watch was god's favorite idiot and oh my fucking god this was a punishing watch i (laughs) i like i really really disliked this show like there are some parts that like were funny but because i was so beaten down from this i just couldn't enjoy it like oh my god like there's so much riffing like there's so much it's like the show goes like this where it's like a plot point happens and then characters like do a bit for three minutes and then something else that's has to do with the story happens and then we go back to more riffing and like i this actually like it cost me like pain to watch this show i did watch it <laughs> i watched it all in one sitting because i had a free afternoon where all i had to do was like administrative stuff like sending emails so i just watched it while i was doing that and so, but like oh my god so maybe watching it one sitting made it worse but holy shit i did, was not a fan of this um, i was just sorry i was just looking it up so that's a melissa mccarthy and yeah. her husband ben falcon yeah show i've literally never seen this in my life yeah it's uh don't <laughs> um no. I, I also i finished murderville i think i talked about murderville last week uh it's yeah. it's like the will arnett improv show it's pretty funny i think that uh out of the three comedy shows i watched that was probably my favorite one uh, although i i liked great news too it wasn't bad uh anyway then the other show that i had to watch was guillermo del toro's uh cabinet of curiosities which if you don't mm. know is an anthology horror series um it's eight episodes eight different kind of like short stories adapted into um into little tv episodes which kind of read more or less as like short features like that's kind of how they're structured they generally have like three proper acts and they are Mm -hmm. not that television doesn't but you know what i mean like it they kind of feel like little movies but um yeah i mean this is something that's right up my alley i love horror i love short stories i love when those things come together i like like these little one-off ways of exploring different ideas that being said the show is very hit or miss um there are things that i did you watch it alex i watched the first two and i gave up oh the first two are the first two are some of the weakest ones so i will yeah i will say that that like i was not a very big fan of the first two i think the first episode is actually the worst one out of all it's so bad so i don't know i don't know why they opened on that one um but i will just quickly give what my ranking was so my uh and just really quickly my eighth the worst one was episode one it was lot 36 
the second worst for me in number in number seven was uh, Dreams of the Witch House, which was like episode five or six or something like that. Um, not a great one either. It had a, it was just like, okay, I finished. And I was like, whatever. Um, in sixth place, I have uh, Pikmin's model, which was kind of this like messy sort of unfocused but kind of cool idea. Um, and number five, I had Graveyard Rats, which was that was number two. And that one was fine. That was like a solid two and a half stars for me. It was just like, this was a fun story that I feel like worked well. I liked the spo- pew, 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 spoiler alert. I don't know if you guys care about being spoiled for this. I liked the, the big rats. rat. I liked the big <laughs> rat. <laughs> that was fun. Um, and then we, here we start to get the ones that I liked more. Number four, we have the autopsy, which was one that I thought was okay. That one's, it's with uh, F. Marie Abraham, I think. Oh, uh, I like oh great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know. This is a really highly rated one. A lot of people, this is their favorite. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, and then we get into the top three, which are all ones that I very much enjoyed. So in number three, I have The Murmuring, which is the final episode. It's with Andrew Lincoln of Rick yeah. Grimes' Walking Dead fame, as well as uh, I think her name is Essie, Essie Davis, who is in The Babadook, if you're familiar with that. Um, and this this story kind of gives Babadook a little bit. It's a little bit like that. Um, I really liked it. I think some of the scares are kind of cheap. Like there are some things where I don't like it, but it's actually, it's a quite well-written and very well-acted story. Uh, and then we get into the, the two that are like very different vibes from the rest of the show. So number two, I have The Viewing, which is this kind of like 70s horror, like Eric slow Andre. Burn. Yeah, that's the one with Eric Andre. It's like, yeah. it's pretty nuts. It's like such a striking style. It's really fun to watch. The ending is pretty cool. Um, I liked that one. And then my favorite one was called The Outside. I think this was episode four. This one is directed by the same director who did A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which is a movie I like oh. quite a bit. Um, yeah, this is a really cool one. I like the way it explores themes. I thought the shot, the shot style was really cool. Um, I really, really liked this one a lot. Uh, so yeah i i would like to see a second season of this show just because it's the kind of thing that's right up my alley but i just like more style put into it more subsistence a lot of the episodes are pretty bland and f- after that long long tangent long long rant um that's my predators picks yeah very nice i think if i ever went back to cabinet i would probably just watch those best three sure um because I, I was really wanting to see Eric Andre and Andrew Lincoln. Sure. Um, but I don't know if I, I will. The time. Not, I will, especially not right now, but I'll, sorry, p- yeah. I'll put a caveat that like, I don't think you'll like the outside very much. I think this will very much be a Pearl situation. I don't think you'll like, oh, that one. No. but it's similar to Pearl in some ways, but yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Peter, have you been watching anything this week? Yeah. Um, well, I'll talk about the movie I watched first. So I watched The Truman Show. And I thought really? it's a little overrated. I'm interested to hear your takes. Mm-hmm. But um, like, I think the trailer did a very good job. Almost oversold the movie for me. Uh, like, I, like, the trailer immediately gripped me. I think it's so cool, the concept of the movie. Uh, just being watched. And then what is really freedom is like being in a cage actually free. More free than actually going outside the cage because you know in the cage even though your life is being watched it's still like a like, like a good life you know like you get sort of what you want but when you're outside the cage you have you have no idea what's gonna go gonna happen but you do have complete control like what is that sense of freedom i think the movie the dilemma that movie's trying to pose is very very interesting but the way that the movie try to explore it is more of a comedic 
type of tone, which well, I guess makes sense with Jim Carrey. But then I would much prefer it taken in a more dramatic and nuanced look at it, which I think it did a really good job of at the latter, the last 30 minutes of the movie. I give the movie three and a half on Letterboxd. I thought like that was that rating was entirely carried by the last uh, one third of the movie. Like um, it's great that they're trying to sort of like, you know, it's like, oh, what will happen if I like try to break the system somehow? But then it's much more, like I said, a comedic approach than a nuanced approach, which I would prefer. Mm. So, yeah, I've actually never seen it. I have seen it. Um, I do not remember it very well. Um, I, I mean, obviously the the iconic ending is iconic for a reason. I think I yeah. think the the visual of him walking up that. Street no, 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 I don't. I don't necessarily. Yeah, want to see yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I will. I will watch the movie. It's. It, it, I think you should definitely give it a go. Yeah. You've never seen that though, like the picture. No. no. Okay. Well, yeah. Like it's a very famous shot. It's a so very like, famous okay. shot. Yeah. Um, and what I said was very vague. Like that's yeah. that means nothing. Yeah. Um, better or worse than Bruce Almighty? Sorry. Better or worse than the Mask? I'm trying oh, to think the of mask. Jim, the Mask. Jim Carrey. I'm just picking I, random I, movies. Well, I think I think the Mask is like because like Jim Carrey is so good at just like being goofy and also like smoking yeah like i really like the mask mask is like uh like i don't think i've seen that many jim carrey movies but like mask is definitely up there i Mr. have Popper's penguins mm-hmm. sorry and what I, I have this thing let me know do you guys ever have experience of a, a certain phenomenon when your parents absolutely despise a certain actor or a certain mm-hmm. celebrity or a certain thing and so yeah. therefore you just have a vaguely negative opinion of them without really much consideration of it like in for your whole life yeah just been like, yeah 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 i feel I, that my yeah. mom like hates jim carrey to no end and so mm-hmm. like i am I always approach Jim Carrey movies with like trepidation, like this might be fucking stupid. And I don't really have a reason to <laughs> really have a reason for that beyond just that my mom hates him. Yeah, I don't think I have that. But anyways, do you have any other Predators picks? Yes. Uh Aiden and I we watched this little TV show. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> uh, we oh. watched The Last of Us, which is I thought and I well, I think we share the same opinion absolutely fantastic it's uh by the creator of chernobyl and uh i think like 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 i said time and time again on this podcast if your work has great character work most likely i would dig it and this has amazing character work um i have not played the games so i don't know how close it is to the game but like uh bella ramsey's chemistry with pedro and also just her as an actor is just fantastic um like i'm thinking about the scene where she goes like one two three four five six seven eight fuck you oh my god like i can watch that scene repeatedly and it will be funny every time it's just that good um but yeah yeah i i think think that's pretty sick too i like right from the opening scene i was like oh okay this is gonna be like a good show (laughs) like like, (laughs) i I think like the opening scene like like sells it a lot where it's like okay this is clearly well written clearly well directed are you talking about like the entire opening sequence or just i'm talking about literally the opening scene where it's like the talk show thing oh yes yes yeah i think that the vibe immediately clicks with you i was like yeah yeah. Yeah. i was like yeah okay this is sick um i i have not played the game because i uh 
I'm not a big console guy, but I've actually watched an entire playthrough of the game, so I I know what happens in, in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, like like beat for beat, bar for bar, the exact same thing, like pretty yeah. much. There might be like little things that are different, um, but I've still really enjoyed uh, uh, watching it despite knowing exactly what's gonna happen. Um, yeah, I uh, I think it's really good. <laughs> I don't have much to say about it. I'm excited to see what happens next. I have a question yep. for you guys. So I've seen some screenshots of the show compared to screenshots of the game that are literally exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe slightly different materials, but like there's one shot where Pedro Pascal is wearing like a teal shirt. Oh yeah, I've seen that one too. There's a brick mm-hmm. wall behind him and this shot in the game is the exact same color teal, exact same color brick wall, exact same shot size and like that's weird to me. Like, a, like, what do you guys think about that? Like a shot for shot remake. I, I do hope that it uh, doesn't do that for the whole show. I think that to be fair, like this segment of the game is like less of like a lot of like the real gameplay isn't in this part of the game. Like it's a lot of story stuff. And so maybe, maybe that's why there's a lot of like reference, but yeah, I mean, it's beyond that. There are some dialogue lines where I was like, it was like freaky deja vu watching it because it's like, it's the mm-hmm. same line and it's delivered like the same way. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Um, and then entire scenes are actually kind of like shot the same way. Like the scene when, uh, like before before the time skip, when, uh, when they're in the truck, like that sequence is like very much how it's done. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope that it's not like that for the whole show. It didn't bother me too much for this one but I could okay. see that being potentially a problem. And like, okay, Aiden, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like the ending shot of the first episode where they pan across the the, the ruined buildings, that has to be unique to the show, right? Uh, maybe, I don't I don't remember. The, the idea of ruined buildings is not. I don't, yeah, well, certainly not. Maybe yeah. the shot specific, but like, that doesn't really matter if there's like one shot that's mm-hmm. different. But like, honestly, to someone who's like, fresh to the franchise it's uh like the story immediately grips me you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. i feel invested of the characters already even though i haven't seen that much yeah um all right that's it for you peter that's it for me okay so next week there won't be a next week we're, <gasps> take, we're taking a break um yes. basically we're all getting very busy with our schedules uh we got to make films basically. So that's going to be taking up our time for a bit. Um, we might not be back for like a while. <laughs> like yeah. it could be like a month. several weeks to a month. We haven't decided firmly, yeah. but I think, I think at this point we just have to play it by ear. Yeah. So predator hey, versus movies all, is on all, pause. All I'm yeah. saying is Ant-Man's coming out. Should be on. For that's all he's saying. That's literally all Peter is saying. <laughs> I mean, it's coming out. Um, so if you want to see us come back, which we probably will, but who knows? Um, let us know. Reach out to us. Show us your love. Yeah, and come we'll on, come pre- back. Come on, Predator Nation. Leave Let's a review. Predator Nation. <laughs> Nation. Uh, show us your love and maybe we'll come back. Um, leave a review on Spotify. Uh, until next time. I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this was Predator vs. Movies. This is a really Woo! hour this is, a, this is a sad ending. This is a... Yeah, <laughs> like, this is really depressing. <laughs>
Um, yeah, let's get a happier ending going. Yeah, Alex, yeah, where's the energy, versus bro? movies. Woo! No, and I've got, I've got just the thing. <laughs> Dude, Sing yeah. along. You got to clear the copyright, man. Uh, uh, it's still in the It's still in the It's still in the I need a lyrics, bro. I'm pulling up the lyrics. Spotify has the lyrics. Yep, this is the credits. This is the credits the yeah, this is the credits. Name is Dominic, the cutest little donkey. You never see Dude, this is the most silly segment we've ever done. Because the reindeer cannot find the hills of Italy. Hey! The Italian Christmas donkey. The Italian Christmas donkey. Okay. La 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 Knock at the cabin. Oh, Ant Man and Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yeah. So we will just see. Yeah, I don't know. Don't Wait, really. there's there's also a movie called Jesus Revolution. Yeah, let's do that. Let's what? Do, okay, everything else we just said. Let's just pick that <laughs> random movie you just said. Let's yeah, do let's Jesus do that one. time. Dude, we talked about Jesus a lot today. Yeah. And Dominic the Donkey. Yeah. Yes. How should we end this episode? Um, oh, cool. Game bears out in February. February. <laughs> Wait, we're still we recording. Un podcast français maintenant. Le mois dernier. Uh, Alex, aren't you taking a French course right now? Um, stop doxing me. God, end the podcast. Ooh. Everyone go to Alex's French course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Predator vs. Movies. You made it sad again. No, no, no. Not the story. No. No, no, sing no. along! And he's back. Predator vs. Movies. Pew, 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 pew.